Well, what a wonderful opportunity to just be together in worship here as a family. And uh, we're going to get back in February to our regular um, standard of uh, just passing around the offering plate, inviting the ushers forward. But for now, you can just go ahead and give right where you are. Many of us already gave before even coming to church today. You can give online, as was being said. Uh, you can uh, give through check. We have an offering box right in the back. In the back, there's a giving box in the table back there. So you can leave your tithe, your offering there. Just make it out to Imago Church. Um, there's also some designated envelopes there for your gift to support God's kingdom here at Imago. Or you can even give through text 84321 and just put in the amount there and follow the instructions and that'll give uh, fully here to our church family. And 100% of all of our offerings go to build up God's kingdom here at Imago. And we're fully supported by our generous contributions. And I'm so grateful that that's what we are. We are a church of contributors. No one is just a consumer. We all contribute toward what God is doing here at Imago. So um, definitely encourage you to be able to do that now with your devices or at any point even after the service. I was even able to give when I remembered just online in the parking lot right there. So, so cool to, that God gives us so many ways to be able to do that together. But we're going to continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And today's scripture reading will be from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 to 9. La escritura de hoy va a ser del libro de Hechos, capítulo 9, versículos 1 al 9. So you can go ahead and open up your Bibles and follow along, or you can hear God's Word read aloud. It will also be on the projector screen right behind me. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 9. Hechos 9, versículos 1 al 9. So let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. Acts 9, verses 1 to 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what to do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Vamos a orar. God, we thank you for your precious, precious word, Lord. 
that goes beyond, Lord, anything that we could think of or even imagine, Lord. Thank you, God, that you always, always make a way. And we pray today, Lord, that you would meet us in this space, God, just as we are. Meet us with our questions, with our confusions, with our anxieties, with our misdirected passions and energy, Lord. Maybe some of us, Lord, have some untapped anger that we just need to give to you today, Lord, and we just give it to you. Take it, Jesus. Do something new with it. Today, Lord, would you do just a real spiritual heart surgery on us, Lord. Give us your heart. Give us the mind of Christ, God. Help us to see you, Lord, as the God that you are. Not the God that sometimes we wish you were or we want to force you into our own image, Lord, but instead help us to see you as the God that you are. The one who loves us with an unconditional passion. The one who always makes a way. Speak to us this morning, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today and this whole month, we've actually been learning and reflecting on the new thing that God is doing in and through us here at Imago Church as a community in 2022. And in today's message, we're actually going to be focusing on God's calling for us to be born again and also to grow into spiritual, um, into spiritual maturity through what we're going to be calling continued conversion. That's growing in maturity in this new life in Christ. And so as we've been reflecting as a church community on just this whole idea of a new thing, a new thing that God is doing, um, really that comes from one of our theme verses as a church in 2022, which is from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. We can put it up on the screen. It reminds us of this in Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is doing a new thing. Amen? A new thing in you, a new thing in me, a new thing around us. And sometimes, for Jesus to do a new thing in us, it will, require, it will require letting go of an old idea or an old way in us. Let me repeat that one more time. Sometimes, for Jesus to do a new thing in us, it will require letting go of an old idea or an old way in us. So my question to you this morning and for all of us is this. What are you holding on to? What are you holding on to that's holding you back? For some of us, it's not only what are we holding on to, but maybe who. Or for others, it can be a circumstance or a situation or a memory that we just can't let go of. 
this is a new year, and if you're anything like me, we want this year to be better than last year or the last two years. Amen? But I know that's kind of hard, especially when we think of the realities right in front of us right now. A current surge, you know, uh, countries potentially going at war and, and all kinds of things, right? But remember, as we learned last week, our living hope is not based on circumstances. Our living hope is not based on situations, but our living hope is based on the Lord Jesus Christ and His resurrection hope. That's a hope no one can take away. But for us to remember that joy and hope and contentment actually begins on the inside, not just on our circumstances around us. For us to have a better year this year than last year, it's going to require some honest conversation with God and with ourselves. And maybe even what can feel like some awkward evaluation and straightforward and a transparent talk with God and with another person as well. The question for all of us, if we want this to be a better year than last year, is that question that I already asked us. What are you holding on to? What are you holding on to that's holding you back? If you're actually honest with yourself, if you're actually honest with God, what has a hold on you? What has a hold on you? that even the people that love you the most, that know you best, they see it. And they wish that you would just let it go. What is weighing you down? Because you refuse to let go of it. What's that thing that maybe at first you thought, well, this will make things better. It'll make life easier. But instead, it's actually made your life more complicated. What are you dragging around that's holding on to you like a ball and chain that's just with you everywhere you go because you refuse to let it go? Where do you need to redirect your passion? In 2022 and in this new season God has us in, where do you need to redirect your time, your energy, and your attention? What are you holding on to that is making a monkey out of you. I'll explain that in just a second. But what is causing you to get monkey-brained? You know, that's even what psychologists call it or even uh, personality experts and whatnot. When we get into a point where we can't think, we have become monkey-brained. So what is making a monkey out of you? Literally. You know, this week, as I, and I'll explain what I mean by that. This week, while I was uh, studying and preparing for this message, I got to learn a bit about monkey traps. And um, it's amazing because the way that monkey traps work is that they're based on a concept that a monkey will not let go in order to get free. So this is how you set a monkey trap. There's a few steps. First, you tie a coconut to a tree. Then second, you hollow out that coconut and you put a banana inside that coconut. 
And then third, the monkey puts his hand in the coconut and clenches the banana. And then because the monkey's fist is clenched and the monkey refuses to let go of the banana, guess what? Now he is trapped. The monkey actually traps itself by refusing to let go. And the amazing thing is not all monkeys will be trapped by this. But most, most monkeys will because they refuse to let go. So here's the one-liner for this message today. If you take anything away, take away this line. Let go of the banana. <laughs> so what did Pastor Carlos talk about today? Let go of the banana, right? Let go of the banana and be free. Be free to be who you were called to be. You know, we're going to do this exercise right now, very briefly. I want you to just uh, put up your or just have your hand in front of you, and just just uh, clench your fist, and begin clenching it with strength. And now, slowly together, we're going to let it go. Just let go. Do you feel that? Do you feel the difference? Do you feel that sudden rest and relaxation? That's what God is calling us into. To let go. Be free. You know, I think about my, my little boy, my youngest son, Lael, Lalito. And, you know, he sometimes throws tantrums. He's a four-year-old. And when he gets really mad, he does this thing where he just clenches his face and his fist. And he's just coming at me and he's just shaking everything. He's trying to be really intimidating. And he's making this sound because he's so mad. And then I have to calm him down sometimes and just get down to his level and say... Okay, mijo, buddy, just relax. Relax your face and let go of the fists and let's breathe. This little boy, he has a temper, maybe like his daddy or like his mommy, maybe. But friends, brothers, sisters, the call from God is to let it go. And do you know what that is? God knows what that is. And this year can be different than last year if we lean in and step into this call. This applies at any stage in your spiritual journey. That's the bottom line. Let it go and be free to be who you were called to be. Because as Jesus followers, the problem with holding on to something that we refuse to let go of is that that thing will eventually become what we surrender to. And it will become what controls us. We cannot surrender to any created thing that controls us because we already have a Lord. We already have a Lord Jesus Christ that we are surrendered to. Surrendering to the Lord frees us from the control of lesser things in order to experience freedom for greater 
thinks. And this story, the story of letting go of lesser things in order to gain freedom for greater things, this is the story of Paul, of the Apostle Paul that we read here. The Apostle on the road to Damascus, he had to let go of old ideas and lesser things in order to experience a new freedom for greater things. Paul had to let go in order to let God. Because of Jesus Christ, I'm not who I used to be. And I'm sure that we can go around this room and we can hear stories of conversion, of redemption, of God doing something new in and each and every one of us. Those stories are called testimonies. They're examples of conversions. And perhaps the most famous conversion and most impacting conversion in the history of the world was the conversion of Paul in this passage. Remember, before he was Paul the Apostle, he was Saul of Tarsus. Just a little bit of background on who Paul is, right? Before he was this, this, uh, this person who ended up writing most of the New Testament, he was a person that needed to let go and let God take control of his life. He was born around the year 5 A.D., which is, uh, you know, about 2017 years ago. And so he was alive while Jesus was alive here on earth. He's a bit younger than Jesus. He was in his late 20s when Jesus died and rose again, and then in his early 30s when he had this experience, or at some point in his early or late 30s when he had this experience on the road to Damascus. He was going from Jerusalem to Damascus, and that was a journey that took about four to six days to travel. And he was going to actually persecute and find people of the way. Now, people of the way, that was the original name for followers of Jesus, what eventually became Christianity. People who followed the way of Jesus. Why were they people of the way? Because remember, Jesus called himself the way, the truth, and the life. So even today, we're still people of the way. But on the road to Damascus, Paul was called and he was converted. He was awakened to God's reality in Christ. He literally experienced the gospel. He was trying to get to God and please God by his own works. That was his old way of thinking. And he needed to let it go. God came to him in Jesus Christ. He had this awakening. He had this conversion. He had this renewed calling. And you and I, together as God's community, we are called. Later on, Paul wrote this book um, to a church in Ephesus called Ephesians, and he talks about how we as God's people, we're called to be a new humanity, a new kind of people that are restored in the image of Christ. Not people that just have some mere improvement, but real transformation. A community that goes without knowing. A community that takes up our crosses and follows Jesus no matter what. Following Jesus is not just a little change or an edit. It's not like editing 
a picture on Instagram or social media, right? Or you can make some highlights here and then suddenly big eyes there. Then you run into the person in the supermarket and you're like, um, okay, something's off here. <laughs> it's not just a mere change or an edit, but following Jesus is responding to a call. A call that invites us to go from just being creatures of God to being children of God. From being a creature to a child of God, that is the process of conversion, of being born, of, born again. Conversion is living wide awake. Conversion is choosing to let go and let God do a new thing in you, a new thing through you, and a new thing around you. This is the call of God and friends, brothers, sisters. We are all called. We have a first calling and we have a second calling, just like like Paul did here in this passage. Our first calling is to be with God. So if you ever have this question in your life, God, what what am I called to? Remember your first passage is to be with God, to encounter Jesus, just like Paul did on that road to Damascus. Ask the question just like Paul did, who are you, Lord? He will reveal himself to you. And then our second calling is actually to take action and to serve, right? After Paul asked the question, who are you, Lord? He then asked, what would you have me do? So that's a second question you can ask the Lord. First, who are you, Lord? Then secondly, what would you have me do? Who would you have me be? You and I, we respond to this call. And we make the shift from old creation into children of God, new creation, by trusting and abiding in Jesus the resurrected one, the one who appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. The story of Christ continues today. That same Lord will appear to you on your road, on your journey, on this life stage. In fact, that's that's the story in the New Testament, that the story of Christ continues today. That's one of the main themes in Acts and in the New Testament. We as the church, we are the spiritual body of Jesus. We carry our crosses to be crucified and resurrected. You are invited to take part in this story by responding to the call. A story so much bigger than just you or me, but a story of resurrection and living hope and new beginnings and new creation. A story that connects us to the people of God throughout history and throughout the world. But remember, it all begins with letting go. Letting go is not only freedom from, but letting go is leaning, learning to lean into our calling to experience God's freedom for. Freedom for you to find your identity in the image of God. Freedom for you to find your purpose in the image of Christ. Friends, brothers, sisters, you were created to be free. So let it go. And you know what it is. God knows what it is.
give it to him. Us as a community, Imago Church, we're a community called by God. You are a people called to invite others to become part of God's new thing, God's new creation. In the New Testament, we see that there are actually different levels of conversion. There's something that's uh, called first conversion, right? Which is a conversion into community, into the, the life with God and family of God. And it's interesting because many of us just stay there for the rest of our lives. But then the word of God actually invites us to go deeper than first conversion. It calls us to enter into what's called continued conversion, or what can also be called sanctification, which is growing in our spiritual maturity, reflecting more and more the image of Christ in our lives, in our words, in our actions. And it's amazing because conversion continues even from this life into the next. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that in eternity, after this life, we go from grace into glory. And that is called glorification. So we go from conversion to sanctification to glorification. From glory to glory to glory. Paul here, he was experiencing continued conversion. Because Paul, he wasn't just some guy from another religion that never heard about God. No, he actually knew about the God of the Bible, and he thought he was doing the right thing. But now he encountered the living Lord Jesus Christ, and it was time for him to go deeper into a new reality, into a new season. It was as if he got now a new pair of glasses because of Jesus, thinks he can see things once again with fresh eyes. As some have said about Paul, once he was blind, he could finally see. Conversion is tasting that new reality. It's feasting on the goodness of God. It's experiencing new birth. It's remembering that Jesus is where the life is at. Scripture reminds us of this, and we're reminded to feed, to feed on that, feed on Christ, the bread of life. Because here's the truth, and Paul's life is an example of this. When he was Saul, before this moment of transformation in his life, he had knowledge about God. He had information about religion, and even about the Bible. He had church knowledge, if you will. But, remember, that what the Bible witnesses to, it's the written witness that points to the living word, the living witness, Jesus Christ. And our calling is the passion and continued craving for Jesus Christ, the living bread of life. And we want, we want to and we need to share that good news of new creation and new beginning and rebuilding in 2022. We can't just keep it to ourselves. So in 2022, this is something we're all going to do together as we're rebuilding towards spiritual maturity and church health as the body of Christ. I want you to begin praying. Begin praying and make a list of 10 people, whoever they may be, those 10 that God places in your heart to begin praying for. Your 10, my 10, in this next year, 10 people that each one of us is praying for, in relationship with, influencing and inviting to take that next step with the Lord. 
to take that first step with God and community here at Imago Church, and then to take that next step into mission and discipleship by growing into spiritual maturity. So that's something that I want you to begin praying for. Make that list. Begin praying for those people in your weekly and your morning prayers. Because as children of God, we are fueled in order to fulfill a calling. And part of our calling is that to be disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, and so on. We can share the story of where God's story and our story meet. That's our testimony. When we tell our testimony of the new thing God has done in us, where we confess to someone else or share the story that, yes, when I let go and I let God, God did something new in me. God did something new through me. As the people of God, we're a people that have experienced continued conversion. In fact, that's why we gather every single week and during the midweek, why we're going to have discipleship groups. Why we're going to have discipleship groups because life happens and vision leaks and we become quick forgetters. And for that reason, we're called to a continued conversion to come together every single week so that we can point each other back to God, back to, me, back to community, back to reality. To remind each other and point back to God's truth, even in the midst of our distraction or discouragement. This, what we do every single week, this is the process of sanctification, of continued conversion. Conversion is this joyful invitation to awaken to God's truth, to awaken and acknowledge God's presence here and now. No matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances, we can live with eyes open, wide awake to God's presence right in front of us. Conversion is an invitation to live aware instead of being distracted. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of distraction out there. And the thing that sometimes holds us back from going that next level in our spiritual life is actually not just all these ugly, scary things in the world. Yeah, those are ugly and scary and we acknowledge them. But sometimes it's the distractions that are just all around us. We're called to live free instead of living a life of captivity based on a refusal to just let go. Come to Jesus and be who you're supposed to be. Remember, that you are more than what you, you think of yourself. I am more than what I look like on the outside and even more than what I feel like on the inside. And this is what I want to encourage us all in, in this week and in 2022. And we even prayed over discouragements this morning with the prayer group. If you're able to come on Sundays early, 9, 10, 9, 15, we take time to pray here together. But when you experience discouragement and spiritual warfare, Spiritual warfare always begins with deception, with a lie, with the enemy, with Satan, with the flesh, trying to convince you of a lie. God's not enough. You're not enough. But when we experience those moments of spiritual warfare and deception, I want 
us to remember who we are in Christ. Remember who you are and whose you are. I want you to remember who you are in Christ. When the enemy comes and tries to lure you or tempt you with deception, with a lie, you can respond, I know who I am. I am forgiven. I am protected. I am secure in His love. I am alive and I am set free. That's who I am. And I'm free to be me. So whenever the enemy or the tempter, Satan, the accuser, the flesh wants to come at you with deception, you can respond, I know who I am in Christ. This is available for all of us. You can take that next step. Come to him. God's arm is actually already extended out to you. Just as Jesus' arm was extended to Paul on the road to Damascus, it's extended to you this morning. What will you do with this arm that is already extended out to you, extended out to us? For some of us, the first step is actually not doing something else, but the first step for us is to stop doing to let go and come to Him and receive your calling. Just like Paul, in his weakness and in his vulnerability, in his blindness, he finally saw the truth about God. He finally saw the truth about himself and his so-called self-righteousness. Paul saw his own brokenness and he saw God's grace in the face of Jesus. So above all, God sees you and God actually claims you. He says, you are mine. You belong to me. So let go of the banana and come to me, says God. Ven a él y recibe tu llamado. You know, as I was studying this week for this message, and I've studied some of the life of Paul, I'm excited this year I'm going to be going through this biography on, on Paul. Um, but when studying throughout the week, I wrote down something about Paul, which, um, which always stands out to me, and who knows, maybe I can relate to it too. But Paul was a man who had misdirected passion. He had a lot of passion, but it was misdirected. And Jesus needed to redirect that. Paul had to let go of a former misdirected calling in order to experience his true calling in Christ. Again, in this moment, he experienced the gospel literally. God came to him because the way he was doing life on his own was not working. Paul could not get to God through his rule breaking. Or Paul couldn't get to God through his rule keeping, through his tight religiosity. How about you? What do you have to let go of 
in order to let God transform you into the person that He created you to be? What do you have to let go of in order to allow God to transform that trial, that test that you've been going through? Let go and allow God transform that trial into a testimony. We're going to bow our heads now and we're going to take some extended time to just pray. To pray and come before the Lord. Vamos a tomar tiempo para orar y venir ante el trono en la presencia de Dios. Pray and come before the Lord. His arm is already extended out to you. He sees you. He hears you. And this morning, we can let go of the former calling and hold on to Jesus and experience the pleasure of being a part of God's family, of God's community forever. Today, that's the invitation. Trust in Jesus and experience the joy of conversion. For some of us, that's a first conversion. That's taking that first step into life with God and into the family of God. And we welcome you. We rejoice with you. The angels rejoice in heaven and we do too. But for others, it's going to be perhaps like Paul. Taking an opportunity to take that next step into continued conversion. The living Lord calls you this morning. Will you respond? For some of us, it's taking that first step. And that's what we, the people of God and scriptures even refer to as the believer's prayer. Paul himself, as he grew in that maturity, he came to realize that if we believe with our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. That's in the book of Romans. If we place our trust in Jesus more than our trust in people, in places, in things, situations, outcomes, right there where you are, this is a new beginning. This is a new day. This is a new season with a fresh anointing. Letting go of the old. Letting go of former things in order to hold on to the new thing that God is doing. So right now, right where you are, you can pray. Pray your heart out. Lift it all up to the Lord. Give it to Him. And for some of us, it's going to be a first step prayer. This is a prayer of conversion, of life with God. For others, you can even pray this as a reaffirmation of your conversion. It's a prayer of repentance and belief. You can pray this right where you are, either quietly or out loud, whatever it may be, however the Spirit stirs you. You can pray, Lord, I acknowledge that you are God. I confess that you are God and I am not. I need you, Lord, to be gracious to me and to forgive me. I need you, God, to heal me, to make my heart alive. 
Today, God, I give up. I let go. I surrender. I no longer just trust in myself or in other situations or people, but I put my life in your hands, Jesus. I choose to follow you, the one who gave himself for my sake. Although I don't understand everything, I want to pursue you. I want to follow you with my whole life, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. For others, perhaps it's time this morning to take that next step prayer of continued conversion, of sanctification, of going to that next level in your spiritual maturity. And if that's you, you can pray this right where you are quietly or, uh, or out loud, whatever you, you feel led to in this morning. You can pray, Almighty God, thank you for your calling. Thank you for loving me. We are your children created in your image. We confess, Lord, that through our own pride, we have rejected your way. We have disregarded your image and we have walked away from your calling in our lives. We are so easily caught up in fear and we conform to the patterns of the world or the patterns of society. But today, God, merciful Jesus, forgive us. Help us to take this journey from fear to faith from old creation into new creation. Set us free in Jesus Christ to be the people that we were created to be. May we experience your presence and power, O oh Jesus. And for all of us here together, whatever stage you're in, in your journey with God, we're going to pray this prayer of letting go. You can pray this right where you are. Lord, give me the faith to let go. Give me the courage to let go of what is holding me back. Please, Lord, teach me to respond to my blessings with gratitude rather than running away or feeling like I'm entitled to them. Lord, help us to let go and let you, Lord, and prepare us to let go of anything that you take from us because you give and you take away. But we will say, blessed be your name, O God. Help us, Lord, to let go of anything that you take from us without letting go of your precious hand. We love you, Lord, and we pray all this and we dedicate these prayers to you in the name above all names, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, church. If we can go ahead and just stand where we are. And let's just worship.